0: Every Everyone who has children in Northern Ireland should be worried about this.
1: Belfast City Centre has a new pandemic.
0: Drugs. There's a huge pandemic in drug use. And when you tie that in with mental health, it's sort of an explosion that was always ready to go off. And it seems now that it actually has gone off.
1: People are literally dying on our streets because of it.
0: I was just told that Demi was found dead in the Centre of Belfast.
1: I thought somebody had bitten. and I said, "No, that he was fighting his He's Street, all on all. What was once a hidden problem is now right bang in your face, with addicts shooting up in broad daylight and used needles discarded everywhere. What are the all the marks? If you can tell me.
0: Uh, pen marks from injecting cocaine.
1: Drugs are easier to get than ever. Two steps out the front
0: door and you can get drugs. It's just, it's like going to shop for a pack of sweets. It's, it's that easy. You just
1: go around the corner, every street corner. During the day, like, there's people always
0: about, with cocaine or...
1: Today on the Bell Tell we look at the frightening rise of drug-related deaths and the alarming surge in powerful designer prescription pills flooding our streets. Joining me is death investigator, top coroner, Joe McCriskin, who knows all about the devastation this is causing. Joe, let's talk about the recent deaths in the the city centre, 15 in the space of just... A matter of weeks. And I was in the city centre actually at on Saturday and the toilet uh, were a young man that we all know now, uh, Patrick McElroy, um, he died after injecting ketamine in that toilet and he was found dead in that toilet. I saw the toilet door wide open and a guy shooting up. You're talking first thing in the morning. And... You know, even for me as a journalist writing about all this stuff, I was even taken aback by what I was watching and I thought, what is going on in our city?
0: I think that you're right. Over the last four or five years, I've noticed in this, not as a coroner, it's just as somebody who grew up in Belfast, lives lives in Belfast and works in Belfast, I've noticed a very obvious, I would say, increase in individuals who appear to be under the influence of Drugs and or alcohol are both during the daylight hours in the city centre. It's
1: really in your face, Joe, isn't it? It's really right in front of you. I mean, that would not you would never have seen that in Belfast a few years
0: It's not the sort of picture of the city centre that, that I recall uh, growing up uh, and even, as you said, t- 10 years ago. So, I mean, there's a, a friend of mine who was, I was speaking to last week who had done a few of these interviews in terms of drugs and he was mentioned to me, he was standing outside the city hall two o'clock in the day waiting on a bus and saw uh, an, an individual there Openly in front of the city hall gates dealing drugs. The situation is uh, escalating. I'll be prepared to say that, and the, and the death rate sh- supports that a view that the uh, situation we have here with people dying as a result of drug abuse and misuse is an escalating problem.
1: Joe, you and I first spoke five years ago about this very issue. And back then it was about the growing addiction to opioids here. Prescription pills, mostly illegal, on the black market, painkillers like Tramadol. Is the picture even more dire now?
0: Yes. So when we spoke in 2017, uh, the, the death rate, the amount of people who had died from uh, drug misuse or drug abuse in that year was 137. The last set of figures we have for 2020 and that uh, death rate had increased to 218 So that alone tells us that the situation now is much more serious and, as you say, much more dire than it was.
1: And what are you seeing in terms of the medication? I mean, I've spoken to Medianics over the years and they've almost turned into amateur pharmacists in terms of what they take. What are you seeing in terms of what people are taking, abusing these kind of drugs?
0: If you look to some of the drug deaths that I've investigated recently, there are one individual, there were 10 different drugs involved in that person's death ten. Now, 10 different drugs now that's a mix of benzodiazepines which are anti-anxiety medications uh, anti-epileptic medications like pregabalin
1: uh, so really on the street those are kind of diners
0: yes well uh, that's 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 the information that we that we get but there's a mix of those 10 there were illegal drugs prescription drugs all mixed together to cause the death now drug companies when they develop these drugs, so the drug company who develops Valium, for instance, don't carry out tests as to whether Valium is safely taken with heroin. And so anyone who mixes drugs ha- has absolutely no idea about the risks and consequences because um, they can't.
1: Now, you're saying someone took 10 drugs, Joe. Can you give give us a bit of insight into what kind? I mean, it's a lethal cocktail, so can you describe what that does?
0: Well, it causes death. I mean, if you look to the the, the deaths, those, those 218 deaths that were recorded in 2020, over 50%, over half of all of those deaths, over, over 100 deaths, were as a result of a mix of three or more drugs. That's half of all deaths are as a result of what we call polydrug misuse. And as I said, the, the latest set of figures, there, I could look down and they're in front of me now and a page you brought around with me. I, I can look and see, you know, the first page has six drugs, nine drugs, eight drugs, seven drugs, all all involved. So, so the poly drug misuse, that is the use of lots of different types of drugs leading to death, is on the increase. How it causes a death? Well, really, the, these drugs are all working to do ultimately one thing, which is to slow down your respiration, slow down a person's breathing, leading to coma, leading to death. Now, we, we the
1: benzodiazepines... Um that you're talking about. There's some new types of pills that are emerging. Can you explain that to me?
0: Yeah, so if you ask me now what is the main concern on my behalf in terms of a pattern of drug abuse, it is the emergence over the last couple of years of uh, new or novel psychoactive substances or NPS drugs uh, they're also called designer benzos or designer benzodiazepines and they're also called research chemical drugs so they, those terms refer essentially to the same thing these are uh, more often than not strong, long acting benzodiazepines uh, they are drugs that were created in the 1960s and 1970s by drug companies seeking to um, formulate new medications to cope with various conditions including anxiety but if, you had to, if I had to pick one drug now that we're seeing more and more involved in death is bromazolam it is a high strength long acting designer research chemical benzodiazepine uh, it's not prescribed it can't be prescribed because it's not lawful it, the company that created it in the 1970s didn't proceed to make any more of it
1: and it's only available in Russia
0: well that's actually bromazolam is available anywhere you want um, if you take uh so, you actually, that's quite good knowledge, Sharon. So, finazepam is what you think you're referring it to, is. as we've spoken about it before. Finazepam is a drug, uh, a strong acting, strong, long acting benzodiazepine. I mean, is, some of the, the uh, evidence suggests, 10 times stronger than diazepam or Valium. Uh, so, you have a really strong drug in finazepam that is, yeah, it's prescribed by GPs in Russia. Uh, you can't get it here. It's not prescribed in the UK, it's not prescribed in, in Western Europe, as far as I'm aware. And yet we, I have seen over the last five or six years an increasing amount of deaths with finazepam's involved.
1: And so so where are people getting these from? The dark web, on the street?
0: uh, All of that. So the information that that I've received at Inquest suggests, and and my own research uh, suggests, that these medications are reasonably freely available on the internet. if you look up certain websites, there's, Supposed accurate information about these medications, uh, drugs, uh, most of them are illegal. Uh, and they're available, it seems, through the postal service.
1: And you have so many taking these pills. And then on top of that, you've got the hard stuff as well, heroin, cocaine. So they're mixing it all.
0: Yes. I mean, what what I expected to see, if I'm completely frank with you, is when we we saw an increase in death in a death rate related to these strong benz- benzodiazepines is that people might have been substituting those for the other uh, illicit drugs like cocaine and heroin but that actually not that's not the picture that we're seeing so cocaine deaths are on the increase so if you last time we spoke for instance 2017 24 people here died from heroin from using heroin this in the 2020 figures that's 55 that's a Two, Stiger, over twofold it? increase in, in heroin deaths so heroin deaths are increasing uh, cocaine, if you look at 2017 when we last spoke there were 13 deaths from cocaine uh, the last figures there were 36 a threefold increase in cocaine deaths uh, and if I go down the whole um, benzodiazepine over double the death rate over the last three years in 2017 when we last spoke, these research chemical drugs weren't even on the radar to the extent that they are now, 14 deaths uh, and now up to almost 70.
1: Does it tell you something about people's addiction here? Is the addiction widespread, do you think? I don't think the deaths necessarily reflect the scale of the no, problem. No, that,
0: that's probably right. Uh, that's probably right. So if you if you look to, for instance, cocaine deaths five or six years ago, they're a very small amount, relatively speaking, of deaths uh, from cocaine. Uh, and now we have a very large amount, of, uh, an ex- a figure of, death rate, increasing death rate from cocaine use, uh, and we think that's because cocaine by itself, and I don't want to be giving anyone the wrong idea here, but cocaine uh, when taken alone is is a dangerous drug and an unpredictable drug. Uh, but those deaths where we see cocaine involved tend to involve cocaine with alcohol which forms a completely different chemical compound, is even 20 times more dangerous than cocaine. Uh, So cocaine mixed with alcohol is very, very dangerous. But cocaine mixed with any of these other drugs becomes, you you use the term a lethal cocktail. That's an accurate way to describe it. If I
1: was to ask you, you know, you always hear, and you would have heard in the past about the um, opioid crisis in the States, the mixture of those drugs that you've been talking about. And Scotland, obviously... Big drug problem in London. Where are we? I mean, I know we're of a smaller population, but surely we're getting there.
0: It's it's difficult. It can be difficult to compare UK uh, regions when it comes to death rate figures. Uh, Northern Ireland certainly has a high death rate uh, as a result of drugs. We're not on the same scale, it seems, as, as Scotland yet. And we don't have, although we have a, a high death rate, what we could be described as a high death rate from heroin, we're not at the levels seen in certain other English cities in but you're saying yet yet
1: w- will there be a point that it could be well look
0: we sat we sat here in 2017 uh, talking about America and Eastern Europe and uh, an expected I mean as be honest there was an expected uh, problem uh, in terms of fentanyl and fentanyls and and those sort of drugs now that that hasn't materialised yet but look one thing I've learned over the last six almost seven years as coroner is that that these things are difficult to predict.
1: Joe, in terms of those recent deaths, we have covered a lot. We've spoken to a lot of the families and the nature of the deaths, like uh, young Patrick in the Belfast toilet. Demi Corey, a mother of two, on a Belfast bench. Lisa Murphy, 37-year-old, was addicted to heroin. Her body lay in her flat, for 11 days before she was found. I mean, these, would you agree these are types of stories we would have normally read about that happened somewhere else?
0: Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I, I've been involved with criminal with criminal justice as a prosecutor for almost 20 years, prosecutor and coroner for almost 20 years. And so, you know, these are the sort of stories that I have grown up with in, in terms of my legal career. But yes, they're now much more, because the death rates increased, they're now much more prevalent. But what I can say is they're... they're it's terribly difficult to draw any um, patterns or conclusions from because you know I'll the, the, you know in terms of the the last set of figures the youngest person to die as a result of drug misuse was 19 and the oldest was 86 so that's a wide range, wide range. the average age is 41 uh, and the age group most at risk based on the figures of dying as a result of drug misuse are those between 25 and 34 and the next age group is between thirty-five and forty-four. So, so the, these deaths aren't happening with the kids. If you use that, so no one under the age of nineteen.
1: Do you think uh, it's part of almost people's lives generally? It, look, it,
0: it, it, it could be. I, I mean, it, it, the deaths that I've investigated range from individuals who have had a very clear and long-standing addiction to strong illicit drugs like heroin, to you know, ladies' inquest that I'm I'm holding in the near future who was taking legitimate and prescribed pain relief for a number of conditions including fibromyalgia for instance in this lady's case and who uh, took bromazolam that a relative had purchased over the internet as an additional pain relief medication and a combination of her legitimate prescription drugs prescribed by her GP based upon her medical history and this addition, addition of a research chemical strong benzo has caused her death.
1: Do you not find it depressing that you've spoken out a lot about this very issue, Joe, that pe- the message isn't getting through. We're having more deaths, more people are taking lethal cocktails of drugs and those people that are taking them just aren't listening?
0: So that question presumes that the answer to our drug problem is me telling people to stop and that's not and that's not the answer. right? So me telling people stop taking drugs isn't going to make an individual who has a long-standing mental health issue or lives in deprivation or one of those other indices that indicate a high prevalence for drug issues isn't going to stop. So it's not going to stop someone who doesn't have a house and is living on the street. You know, a person who's homeless now, who's a, who has been addicted to strong benzos for a long time, isn't going to listen to me on this podcast and say, well, actually, yeah, the coroner's told me I might die. I think I'll stop taking... It's, 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 it's just not realistic. The the answers, uh, I mean, I've brought in today in front of me is the the Changing Lives report from Scotland. So it's a, a really really interesting and uh, refreshing read. So they had a real good look in Scotland. The Drug Death Task Force looked at the problem there and those underlying, lots of underlying issues that that might provide some answers. And what they came up with was were really um, new. Ideas. So the very, the biggest idea that one of the biggest ideas you have got in there is is destigmatizing this. So you got to and supporting. So it's you know in the pages in the, in the executive summary at the start it says people should understand this is all of our problem. What you don't do is say to someone taking drugs, it's very bad to take drugs. You know, we should stop because you're causing us all the problem. And, and that's one of the issues that the Scottish report addresses that there needs to be a complete change in mindset from. Uh, stigmatising and persecuting, perse- prosecuting or, or using a criminal justice response to support. The, these are people who need support and for whom the support isn't there. When, when, when I held the inquest into the death of a girl called Catherine Kenny, and people might remember her, she was found dead in a cardboard box on the doorway of Clinton Cards on Royal Avenue in Belfast. And Catherine Kenny had a very long-standing mental health um, issues with her mental health and with uh, addiction to alcohol and drugs and her GP came along and gave evidence at her inquest and she had died from taking one of these new psychoactive substances akin to spice, that, that type of uh, drug and her GP, uh, a very good GP from West Belfast came along very proactive GP and said at the inquest look, in order to get her, first of all there's no detox facility available and in order to get her to into a facility she needed to be have abstained from drugs and alcohol for a period of time. Now Catherine Kenney was drinking cider for breakfast with other homeless people, or people who are homeless, and he said, this is from her GP at Inquest, how is it possible to get a woman like that to stop taking alcohol and drugs for a period of time in order to get support when the support isn't there to help her stop doing it? So she kind of for me encapsulated the, the issue that we have here, the, 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 it's, it's for the government here. I'm not going to comment on government policy. It's inappropriate for me to that do so. That was my
1: next question. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to do it because it, there. anyone who wants to see where we might go in Northern Ireland should read the Scottish report.
1: A lot of people are calling for decriminalisation of drugs, safe consumption rooms. What is your personal view on that? Surely you have one.
0: Well, well uh, the Scot- I'll go back to the Scottish report again, because that's some of the, again, that's a comment on government policy, and but so, they're in
1: favour of safe consumption they means, are. Jim? So the,
0: the the Scottish report um, came down in favour of when they talk about support. Those are some of the methods. So they wanted to roll out, for instance, the the um, widest ranging naloxone program ever seen in Western Europe, something like that. And they wanted to develop the idea of of, sa- of safe consumption spaces. So what you do is you get individuals in who have an addiction to drugs. You provide them with a space where they can. Safely consume, and then you provide them with support and information. So once they're in, then then there are services there. So it, so you'd it's be an, in favor
1: of safe consumption.
0: Well, I, I in terms of Northern Ireland, that's something that's I, it's not fair for me to give a conclusion because I don't have one, right? Because I I uh, have gone to the last number of drug death task force meetings in Northern Ireland so that's that's a discussion that we're to have it might be that the report we get from Northern Ireland suggests that that's not a good idea but we haven't had that discussion properly yet Okay
1: We know there are more criminal gangs Joe than ever operating here in Northern Ireland people being murdered in rise over drugs drugs being flooded into the streets they have you know catchy names the Marbella mob it's become a bit of a gateway Northern Ireland I mean what can be done to crack down on these gangs or is this just post-troubles
0: Look, it's a matter, uh, that's a matter for, I mean, it's a criminal justice matter for the police. I know the police here and in in terms of their local operations and then in terms of Operation Pangea, which is a Europe-wide Interpol-led operation that specifically targets the uh, supply of illicit prescription drugs. Uh, And the police here, I, I can't recall the exact figures, but if you take the figures of, uh, drug seizures in England and Wales and you take the drug f- seizures in Northern Ireland we are well above uh pro rata in terms of drug seizures per population the police here have to, have done now it's a time, they they it's would a drop accept a, this. A, Yeah, i was going to say it's, it's probably the tip of the iceberg but um you one of the stark things you'll see Sharon when you read the changing lives report from Scotland is there's almost no mention of a criminal justice response to the drug problem So what they're not saying is what needs to happen is all these people need to be uh, caught and prosecuted, these these drug users. This report is very much focused on the users. You remove the users, well, who are the crime guys going to sell the drugs to?
1: Joe, as the coroner, you obviously would get alerted about uh, drug deaths. What would a typical week or a typical morning be? Would you get a message through that somebody's died how, how regular is it?
0: So on a, if you take you know I work um, we work on a, a weekly system of on calls so from 5 o'clock Friday to 5 o'clock the next Friday every sudden unexpected unnatural death will be reported to me for instance next week um, and so in the course of a day there might be up to 60 deaths reported uh, and look, there's some mornings that first 4 or 5 more than that the deaths that are reported to me will be suspicious drug deaths other mornings, I mean, the last time I was on call, the first five or six deaths reported were all suspected suicides.
1: And when um, you get those calls of four to five suspected drug deaths in, in one morning, when you put the phone down, are you not, I mean, what do you go, do you think, what is going on? How well, can we stop well, look, this? My,
0: my role, uh, as you know, is, is a, as a death investigator. So, as a, you At know, the core, I'm involved in getting answers for families about what happened to a member of their family. Uh, and the system of death investigation in Northern Ireland and look you might expect me to say this but I'm involved in it uh you know, play a leading role in it is is excellent is is you know gold standard in terms of if you look around the world and I have coronial colleagues that I have contact with in Canada and Australia and uh, all New Zealand all different jurisdictions what we have here in terms of providing an explanation to families I don't think you'll get better so if you you follow that uh email through that I get so I get a, a, an email with a description of the circumstance of the death my decision at that stage as well it should be a post-mortem uh, examination and forensic testing uh, and if there's a almost always if there's a suspicion that drugs are involved there'll be a full forensic post-mortem carried out by a forensic pathologist in our state pathologist department part of that work up then will be uh, a sample of blood and urine uh, and sometimes tissue will be taken and sent off to our world class lab at Sea Park who will uh, carry out full forensic testing, toxicology and so what you'll get what the family will get here in Northern Ireland is a full breakdown of all of the, the drugs that we test for, over 200 drugs we test for, so they'll get every single one of those drugs and they'll get the amount the quantification of the drug uh, and so when families come in and speak to me in my office and we sit down and go through the post-mortem report, there are answers there that uh, can be given to them.
1: How many lives could drugs claim here in five years' time?
0: The answer is I don't know, but but the trend is only going one way, which is that more and more people are dying as a result of drug use and misuse. And and I don't see, from what I'm looking at over the last 12 months, sadly, it, it... Going any other way and you know, I'd like to be coming back in five years, saying Sharon in twenty twenty two when I come in here, that was a, that was a high point. Now we're uh, on the other side of it, but I, I just I just don't see, I don't see something coming along that's going to that that's going to t- turn the tide. So if, if anyone thinks that that this problem isn't theirs, that this problem won't affect them, well, think again.
1: And would you worry, be worried about your kids I, and drugs?
0: Yeah. Everyone should be. Every, everyone who has children in Northern Ireland should be worried about this.
1: Joe McCriskin, thank you very much. Thank you. Today's episode of The Bell Tell was produced by Sharon O'Neill and Graeme Davison, And the clips you heard were from the BBC, UTV and the Belfast Telegraph.